Welcome back to the MLS Net Boys Show. I'm your host, Chase, here with your other host, Jacob. How are you doing today, buddy? It's a great day. It's Sunday. I've had a, I've had a busy day today. But as we'll get into, I was at the game with the biggest news in MLS. Their Argentinian superstar, Diego Valeri, was at the Timbers game last day being inducted in the Ring of Honor. Um, we'll get more into it, but I'm good. I'm good. We've got a lot of good things to talk about today. I was just about to say, yeah, this has been a historic week, and there has been a monster transfer in the league, and that is Latif Blessing and Mark Anthony K <laughs> swapping clubs Latif Blessing is now a Toronto player Mark Anthony K has gone to New England Revolution speaking of Toronto we've got some <laughs> other big news this is just our FM podcast now the FM storyline we keep updating everybody with as you guys may know probably not but Chase the boss of Columbus Crew Won the supporter shield actually. We didn't. We got to talk about the end of the season. Yeah, that was he, Chase. Our friend Ryan was managing Charlotte pretty much. Chase was hosting Columbus, and I was hosting Toronto. And we had like four weeks left in the season, and our buddy Ryan had like a twenty-five point lead in the supporter shield at one point, right? Like, yeah, at one point he was ahead of me by. 25 points and i had like a good run of form and i told him i was like i'm gaining on you man i'm gaining on you i'm coming for that supporter shield and he he and i quote he said no chance brother (laughs) no chance brother is something he would say so chase goes on the end of the season run of a century and (laughs) squeaks out the supporter shield 10 game unbeaten run i had like two losses and then I went on like another eight game unbeaten run that came down to the very last game of the season meanwhile up in Toronto I had made a big money transfer for Yaroslav Niazgoda <laughs> and he really turned my season around he actually scored a good amount of goals for me in the clutch and in the end I went on like a six game unbeaten run I was picking up points for fun I had this really tough three game stretch where I lost two out of three games and I officially got sacked as manager of Toronto. The last game was just terrible. It was just <laughs> terrible. I was playing LA galaxy top dog in the West and that's I, surprising as well. Yeah. That, that on its own proves that this is just a video game, nothing more, but I go up two nil in like 12 minutes or something. The boys are flying. It's fantastic. And then I just get the cheese so prior to this, some context too, I think like four or five of my starting lineup all got like broken legs or twisted <laughs> knees, food poisoning the week leading up, like homesickness. Insigne, <laughs> yeah, Bernadeschi was out, Michael Bradley like broke his leg, like the spine of my team, my starting center back, my backup winger, like it was ridiculous. And they all went out, so I'm playing this ragtag group of Toronto boys, and we go up 2-0, cough up three late goals and lose the game. I get the news, I get sacked, and I thought I'd never play this game again. And then... Postseason comes out. You gotta... Postseason, 
uh, Ryan and I both lose out of playoffs first round. I mean, I had a, <laughs> I had a buy, of course, because I had won the supporter shield. Uh, but Jacob was rehired as the Philadelphia Union's manager. So get prepared. Second season coming in. We're going to keep you guys updated. I don't know if anybody likes us talking about this, but it's just kind of fun to like talk about this obscure simulation and all the hype that's around it. So I'm officially a Philadelphia Union part-time fan. Man, you supported Toronto for like half the season, and now you have a team that's actually good to support. And I have a team to hate watch. True. Yeah. You can just hate on Toronto. Your your games against them in FM this year are going to be nuts. But with that being said, we should move on to some real soccer that happened this week. That's right. So a lot of midweek games we will not cover. Um, a couple things I'll point out. U.S. lost to Panama, for those who are interested in the Gold Cup semifinals. You know what's interesting, though? They don't do the third-place game anymore. It was kind of depressing in general to do third-place for the Gold Cup, but they didn't do that this time. I've always been opposed to third place games in any tournament format other than the world cup i think world cup is the only place where it, it has some sort of like value olympics too yeah for the medal. yeah for the medal but other than that i think it's just it's so silly because it seems like in almost every setting even almost in the world cup in a sense like the players at that point are just disheartened they, they all seem very dejected they don't necessarily want to be there, especially for these smaller, like regional, um, like national team competitions. At that point, it's like competition is basically over. Just let them go, like have some more time off to like reacclimate back to their club team. Seems silly to force them to be like, all right, you're gonna play this game that means nothing. You're not gonna get any, you know, significant amount of like prize money if you do win it. So, just kind of silly in my eyes. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of other midweek games, we won't touch on them, too. One shout-out I want to give, especially in light of Chase, Chase's recent uh, negative negative thoughts towards Timo Pukki scored on his <laughs> second Minnesota game uh, in a 3-0 win at Houston, but that was a Wednesday game. We're going to move on to you, Saturday. You know what's funny about that is I listened back – to like not this last podcast but the, the one, one before that you were hyping and him up <laughs> i was hype I, you know i was i was like a lot more positive about it and then i listened to extra time and i listened to um uh caitlin kyle or whatever her name is who's like father-in-law is adrian heath and then i just heard her just talk like as if this was the most amazing signing ever and then i started to like really think about it. i was like this just, it made me so frustrated because like they all just kind of went along with it as if it's going to be like this like revolutionary signing that's going to take Minnesota to this elite level but i disagree i think he's just going to be like i'd say he's be like on par with like Shakiri in MLS like not the worst european guy but like also could get phased out by like a rookie yeah yeah exactly it was just I was very annoyed listening to her. Like she's like trying to talk as a. What <laughs> she had some weird story saying, uh, he's this great, amazing player because, you know, they were supposed to fly him out first class, but they were gonna have to get a connecting flight. It wouldn't be straight through. So his wife, like Timo Pukki's wife, said, "Oh, just fly us in like business class or something," 
and then like that was like her great like groundbreaking like behind the scenes story about him i was like yeah that's you know what i would do for a business class flight (laughs) (laughs) anyway oh man (laughs) saturday's actions um atlanta united hosted orlando city this was i mean it's kind of gonna get overshadowed now but Remember when this was like a fierce like rivalry, like before Inner Miami, before Nashville, before Charlotte. I like the kind of natural hate these guys had for each other, but uh, they came into the league at the same time, right? So they kind of just naturally. Mm. It was like right around the same time. So close, yeah. So Orlando 2015, Atlanta 2017, and I don't think Orlando beat Atlanta till 2020. Like, it was one-sided. Remember in Orlando was a terrible team, and that was when Atlanta was running through teams. Back when they had Adrian Heath. (laughs) Um, But this one, Orlando wins at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Um, Duncan McGuire gets another goal for Orlando City. The the rookie. Solid, solid performances from him. I think he's on eight goals this season now. So, man has been really solid for them just looking like confident and really calm in the league he's not doesn't look like it's uh too big for him yeah awesome to see awesome to see the draft still producing see this is like why i don't think we'll ever fully go away from the draft because there is still hidden gems in it it's not sufficeable to make a full team from this anymore but you can get good value from these sneaker little picks here um moving on we had a prediction game, Montreal hosting Charlotte. Uh, I said Charlotte would win 1-0 on the road. Chase said Montreal would win 2-1 at home. And Chase got the result right because Montreal won 2-0. Featuring, you know who scored on their debut? Was that Quadwoo Apoku? Yeah. Apoku. His first game for Montreal. He scores a, it was a tap-in goal, but still he was in the right spot and... He had a pretty pretty heartfelt, like, not heartfelt. He had a pretty, like, energized celebration. You could tell it meant a lot to him. So, Good for him. Good for him finding a club that's going to really appreciate him. Next up, New England Revolution hosting D.C. United. New England wins 4-0. Um, Tyler Miller got chipped again. Um Ian Harks, though, on his debut, the midfielder they just signed, the American midfielder from Scotland, scored a brace first game for the club. Well done. That's also crazy that Tyler Miller got chipped again. That's just so funny to think about, but I I love that. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia hosting New York City FC. Rematch of the last two Eastern Conference finals, and Philly wins 2-1 over NYCFC, bouncing back from a couple bad weeks. Jose Martinez is looking unstoppable. I don't even want to call this guy a defensive mid because he just loves to shoot the ball. Like, I mean, I guess defensive mids can do that, but it's just not. he does not follow the traditional role of what a defensive mid is at all. I mean, we didn't even really talk about it like a few weeks ago when he scored that banger like that. Honestly, could be like a Puskas, like, goal of the year contender speaking of puskas contenders did you see that we're, we're not going to talk about the game really because it was a midweek game but san jose beating seattle 2-0 did you see that uh miguel trauco or whatever his yeah the crazy, peruvian 
finish. That yeah. guy's had a few bangers this year, but <laughs> yeah. that one right off the corner, just perfect volley. That was a this season is like I know MLS has always had really good goals, but this season more so than any other has seemed to like like overperform with the like quality of goals this year. And no matter what no matter what goal is scored there, you, you can you can always count on just opening up the comments. And I, I like to see now at least a lot of the comments if you look at like an MLS goal that gets posted on a a four three three or a BR football, you know, an external page, you know, a lot of the goals will be like, Wow, like MLS is a lot of like bangers, like wow, MLS is kinda of fun to watch. But then you'll see the classic public public defending Mickey Mouse League. Wow. I like s- terrible defense. I saw a comment like that on um it was Zellerion's first goal against the Timbers this past weekend. There I looked in the comments because I was a little upset MLS, like obviously Timbers won and they only posted the two Nashville goals, which I mean, granted they're both good goals. Didn't post anything. Columbus. Oh, did I say some other team? You said Nashville. Oh. They're both yellow. The other yellow and black <laughs> team. Anyways. Um but yeah, it was like they only posted about the Zella Rayon goals. Nothing about the Timbers, nothing about Valeri, like nothing at all. And then the first one where they kind of chipped it through and the defender just like let it go is like some guys like like my local like uh Luxembourg like fourth division defending is like better than that. And I just saw so many people just flame that guy like how come Belgium or how come like your uh, team isn't in the World Cup? Like how come your team doesn't like there's like stupid like like a uh, comment battle about defending an MLS. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. one one of these days we need to do a segment where we just find the worst <laughs> MLS takes on like Instagram comments and then just dissect them. Yeah, and dox the people. <laughs> We're joking about that, but. <laughs> Chicago Fire hosting Toronto. Chicago with a late 90th minute winner from Casper Shabilko. Chicago is turning it up. Toronto's not, but <laughs> I was going to say yeah, this is against Toronto, so you can't really you got to take it at face value. That um, is that is true. But it was Franco Ibarra's debut game for Toronto. <laughs> Not that a good, not a good first game to lose does to the mighty wanna, Chicago Fire. He does not want to be there at all. I wonder if he, you know, has different feelings seeing like Latif Blessing come in and, uh, you know, <laughs> probably not, probably, <laughs> probably not. That's not gonna turn his fortunes around. But it's gonna have the Joker playing next to him, dude. <laughs> um. Oh man, that was a. If you guys don't know, yeah. So Franco Ibarra, Atlanta United. Former Atlanta United midfielder sent out on loan, right? Yeah, he was sent on loan for the rest of the year to Toronto. And he had some public comments saying, like, like he doesn't want to go, which that I think is, a, you know, maybe not the best thing to say, but, like, that's not too bad. But then he said, like, some offhanded comment about how Toronto's, like, the worst team, like, in the East, which seems like terrible PR for your fans, for your locker room, for your coaching staff, like... Really confusing. Yeah, and, but I mean, when you look at, like, the reasoning behind it, so, I mean, obviously Atlanta better than Toronto. Franco Ibarra is one of their U22 um, initiative signings. 
And uh, I think it's a young DP as well, which you're only allowed to have three like U22 initiative signings, which essentially means it's a player under 22 and you can pay them over um, the league minimum or whatever, league maximum. Um, so it doesn't count towards their salary cap. But the other two U22 players they have have been terrible. Nobody else wants to sign them, and they just bought a fourth U22 player. So they basically broke the roster rules, and they had to make room for this fourth guy to come in. So Franco Ibarra was the only one they could offload. So unfortunate for him, he goes to Toronto, and he leaves by saying he doesn't want to go there. He you know, basically said he deserves better, that it's not good for his development to go play for the worst team in the league. Miami. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, um, but Chicago Fire, I want to highlight. We always say, good for Chicago. They won, and they'll be in 12th <laughs> place still. They're in 8th place right now. Um, right above them is, is Atlanta, who we were just talking about. Um, but Atlanta has three points over them, but they have a game in hand. So Chicago creeping up the table So and actually moving this time. They could make playoffs. It is still possible. <laughs> they're in the playoff picture right now. You think you don't think they're gonna? <laughs> hey, man, you, you never know. You never know. That's right. Um, Minnesota hosting LAFC, one-one uh, draw. Two goals right after each other. Vela opens the scoring in the twenty-first. Reynoso in the twenty-fourth. Did you see that goal? It was like a really nice team goal by. Uh, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, yeah. Reynoso was running the show. We were, I was at um, my girlfriend's like uncle's birthday, and we were watching this game before the Timbers game. And Reynoso was just—I forgot how good that guy is. Actually, he was just running the show. He was kind of there was one chance he almost scored where he just kind of sent like two LAFC defenders like dribbled into the box, and then finally I think uh, it was Aaron Long that had like taken the ball off of him, which. Can't do you can't Respect. do anything when you got that guy <laughs> on the field, man. You know, same here. It's, I mean, obviously he's took that leave of absence or whatever he was gone for, but even like the last year or so, I feel like Reynoso wasn't like lighting up the league like when he first joined. I remember when he first joined, and I think it was the first season he was here that COVID year in the playoffs, or maybe he joined the year before, but in the playoffs in twenty twenty. Minnesota almost went to the cup final. They destroyed Kansas City at home. I think Reynoso might have gotten a hat trick uh, in SKC or maybe like a hat trick of assists. And that semifinal game against Seattle where they choked a two-goal lead, he was just unreal. He bombed like a 30-yard free kick and such a good player. Um, Cool to see him like back. Yeah, I was kind of curious what it was going to look like when he came back after being gone for half the season. Just nobody knew where he was. Um, you know, I, I thought he was going to come back and just not be the same player and not have near as like much interest in the team or the league. But obviously he's there to play and he wants to have some success with Minnesota. One last thing about this game. This is actually when, like I said, Minnesota scored a really nice team goal. And I think BR Football posted it, or maybe 4-3-3, and all the comments were just, like, terrible defending, terrible defending, even though it was, like, a nice, clean team goal. So you can't help it with uh, the Euro snobs. I, I know what I'm going to see when I look at it, but I just can't look away. It's it's terrible. I can't not open can't, the comments on an MLS video. <laughs> um, Cincinnati 
hosting Nashville. Cincinnati's at home. You know what they do. They beat Nashville 3-1. Lucho Acosta scores. Arias, the fullback, I think gets his first goal for the club. And then their new Gabonese striker, Aaron Bupenza, gets a goal, I think, in his first game as well. Um, in the 99th minute of the game. Um, so, Cincy, we've talked about in depth a lot, I feel like. Nashville, however, I think at the last two games, they've both gotten two red cards, like, towards the end of the game. What is going on? I it seems like Nashville's starting to, like, run out of gas. Like, they, they really need this, like, League's Cup break coming up, like, badly. And I believe they still have a DP spot open, or they just freed up a DP spot, so good opportunity for them to kind of have a little bit of a rest and then possibly look at a big signing they actually i don't know if you saw the rumors so they have that open dp slot everybody's saying they need a striker right the rumor is and a lot of people the athletic reported it sam surridge the nottingham forest striker um looks to be joining them for five million um that is underwhelming (laughs) that's what most people are saying but (laughs) What? what? <laughs> They're paying him a lot of money. I mean, he was just in the Premier League. Most of his experience was in the championship. But oh man, how old is that guy? That's I, I mean, I don't say, even I know nothing about this guy. That's just an underwhelming signing for a Nashville team that honestly should be contending for MLS Cup. So he's 24 years old, and this last season, I want to say. I think he scored eight goals, looks like. This is like the B-rate Cucho Hernandez. <laughs> like another young guy coming from England that, honestly, I mean, Cucho at least I'd heard of, but Nashville, not this guy. So they were second in the in the Eastern Conference. Now they're two bad losses to two Eastern Conference foes, but still in fourth place, 38 points. Only five points off second. Not too bad. They've done well so far this season, but like I said, I think they're kind of running out of some gas right now, and they need a they need this break more than most people. Actually, I think a lot of teams need this like little break that we're getting, even though they're gonna be playing games. Yep. Um, St. Louis City hosting Inter Miami. Tata Martino, um, his coaching debut for Inter Miami, <laughs> and St. Louis. Molly Wopsum, as you like to say, <laughs> 3-0. Oh, man. It just seems, like, inevitable. Like, Miami is going to be bad. St. Louis is just going to keep defying expectations and then lose first round in MLS playoffs. But I don't know, man. It's just I think everybody knew that was going to happen when they saw the like, the the schedule. Like, you you look at this game on paper, and you just know it's like St. Louis is just going to run away with it. Miami is so just disjointed. Seems like even the players in that team, they're just waiting for Messi to get there. Like, they have no hope for anything else. Which is a wild take if you were to ask somebody about that, like, before the season started. Because remember how everybody, I mean, it's been documented, but everybody thought St. Louis was terrible. And Miami had a, they had a good end to last year, um, last season. Remember when Higuain popped off and kind of carried them? Yeah. One thing about this game I want to bring up, St. Louis, before the game, posted an official statement on their social media oh, I saw saying, 
no messy gear is allowed in their supporters group. And, you know, most reasonable people know that in supporters groups, you don't wear opposing teams gear or signage or whatever. But there was a ton of people who were ticked off about this online. What do you think? It makes complete sense to me. I mean, when you're in the supporters group, it should just be like fans from your own team. You shouldn't have anybody repping another team. And yeah, I get it. Messi kind of like transcends that a little bit because people are just Messi fans. You know, they're just one of the greatest, if not the greatest soccer player of all time. Are you sure? Who are you going to bring up? Who are you going to bring up right now? <laughs> Jack McBean, former Colorado and LA Galaxy striker. Don't forget about his time at the Timbers. <laughs> you mean uh, Jack McInerney? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're losing... Same, same <laughs> just nobody strikers. Um, Anyways, I, I don't know. I think people shouldn't be upset about this. It's just kind of a silly thing to really just put your foot down on, I guess. I don't know. I agree. Next, Austin hosting Sporting Kansas City. Another prediction game for us. I opted for a 2-2 draw. Chase said Kansas City was winning 3-1. Austin won this one 2-1, so we both got it wrong. Zardes gets another goal. Ethan Finley as well for Austin. A lot of Columbus flair, which is kind of ironic if you know the story of Austin getting their team. But, dude, uh... You remember how bad Austin was at the beginning of the season? And now they're in fifth place. I was just going to bring that up. They were so bad at the beginning of the season. Like, they, everybody on their team forgot how to defend. And all of a sudden, <laughs> they just, like... They lost to those semi-pro Haitians. <laughs> yeah. They were passing the ball to the other team. Like, and just and letting their the other net. team score. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, good on Austin for kind of picking up their form and uh, turning it around while... You know, passing up some teams that started off a little bit better. You know, Timbers, Galaxy. I mean, Galaxy didn't start that well, but... Five points off of second place, which is where most people thought they would be around after that that nuts year last season. Um, but yeah, Kansas City, a little bit of a momentum stopper, possibly. Next up, let's not even spend hardly any time on this. Colorado hosted Houston, nil-nil. Was this a prediction game as well? <laughs> no. I mean, it seems like one we would do usually. I usually try and pick one game kind of like we, this. We pick like, the games that look like they're going to be stinkers, just like hoping that there will be some fireworks, just some crazy stuff that happens so we can talk about it. See, like a matchup like this, Colorado hosting Houston on a late July Saturday night, this could either be like this a nil nil or like a four three just thriller game you never know with mls one thing that actually brings it i'm gonna bring this up so this is a waste of time of a game obviously it was nil nil <laughs> but after the timbers played colorado last week and the week before so the timbers played colorado on the fourth of july got delayed like three hours they played a half they delayed another three hours and they postponed it Four days later, they postponed the game. The second half, so the game started in the 46th minute in like a 70% empty stadium, and the game just ended nil-nil. So Portland flew all the way back there twice just to play 45 minutes two separate times, and nobody scored. And then at the end of the game, when the coaches are shaking hands, uh, Colorado's coach, Robin Frazier, shakes Gio's hand, and then the mic caught him say, 
that was just a complete waste of time, and they were like <laughs> laughing about it. <laughs> that sums up this game as well. Uh, respect to Robin Frazier for understanding what we all, you know, kind of voicing what we all were thinking. <laughs> um, Real Salt Lake hosting the Red Bulls, and RSL wins 3-1 against the Red Bulls. Diego Luna with a brace, the U.S. U-20 prospect. RSL unbeaten in 10 games. That's crazy. That's And they just seem like they're getting better. Like, they're adding pieces in good places. Diego Luna is kind of finding some good form. Because he scored last week as well, right? I believe he did, yeah. And then midweek, too, they played at Sporting Kansas City. SKC came out of the gates flying 2-0, like, early on. And RSL got two goals in the second half to tie it. Almost could have added a third. And RSL just has that, I'm not even going to say underdog anymore, but they just have that mentality where they just, you can never count them out. And they're just, they just like want you to bet against them. And then they'll just come and prove you wrong. Also crazy that Diego Luna is only like 19. Because when you look at that guy, he's just like... He looks like 29. Dude, he's just covered in tattoos. He's got, like, neck tattoos. And um, I don't know if you saw, like, when he celebrated, uh, I think it was last week's goal, he did, like, the, like, put the ball in his shirt to, like, signify, like, he's having a baby. That's a grown man. Yeah. The dude's, like, 19 is just balling it up in MLS. Looks like he's some, like, thug who's, like, 29. (laughs) You know, he's got like the neck tattoos kind of just are like a little bit much for me when I look at him because they're just they're weird (laughs) ones, too. You're just analyzing his personal choices. Dude, he's got like two daggers that are going into his neck and then he has a spider right over his Adam's apple. And then underneath that, it says hate. I'm sure he gets along with a lot of people in Utah. (laughs) You know what? That reminds (laughs) me of the (laughs) opposite. Diego Luna is like the the villain alter ego of. Josh Sargent, because Josh Sargent also, he's like 20. He just had a baby like a year ago and like celebrated. And I was like, holy moly. Like, dude, this guy is young and he's having a kid. And he's just like, I've heard about him for like years. But Josh Sargent looks like a 12-year-old just ginger boy. (laughs) He's like the opposite of Luna. It is funny because then you have a guy like Cade Cowell who also just looks like a full-grown man. And he's looked and he's, like that for like five years. Yeah, he's like been in the league since he was 16 and he just always looked like he could beat up like half the league as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think he started when he was 15, actually. Oh that guy gosh. was nuts. Yeah. And more built than... See, that's... We'll get to this later, but when I think of somebody like Sergio Busquets, who's like a frail bag of bones at this point, which... I love Busquets as a player, but when I think of someone like Cade Cowell just burning past him, it, I'm intrigued to see that matchup. It's going to be interesting in Miami with, I mean, we haven't really discussed it, but yeah, Busquets was announced today as well. The big news in Miami. <laughs> along along with Messi, and then it's also looking like they're going to get Jordi Alba. Um, so not a lot of defending going to be going on <laughs> in Miami this this upcoming season. We got to talk about the best game of the weekend. Actually, it might have been legitimately if you're talking purely for entertainment value. Yeah. Um, Portland beats Columbus three to two. Aspria with the brace. Lucas Zellerion responds with two class goals. 
it looked like it was destined to be a draw or even a Columbus win, but then Blanco for Portland gets a late winner, his first of the season. But this was all the Diego Valeri show. Diego Valeri inducted into the Ring of Honor. So, absolutely historic moment for the Timbers. Yeah, so the the Ring of Honor is a section of the Timber Stadium where they have only the most legendary former players. And unlike if you're new to the league, unlike a lot of these teams who have just popped up recently, Timbers have like 50 almost years of history across like three different leagues. So Valeri's the first MLS player to be inducted. I was at the game. It was a special atmosphere. Um, Valeri was there. They gave him like his own engraved like axe. It was it was sick. Yeah, it is really. I think it's a cool. Hit. I mean, everybody kind of knows Timbers have a really cool history. But um, the Ring of Honor, I think a lot even Timbers fans don't really like dig into very much. Like the other people that are up there. Um, the players, I think if you would ask some old, like random old guy at the Timber Stadium, he'd probably know, you know, like I'm looking at the list right now, like Clive Charles, John Bain, Jimmy Conway, Mick Hoban. And then, um, the fifth one was Timber Jim, of course, which is a legend. And this is kind of like on the spot. And I think you'll probably say the same players I'm thinking, but who do you think are like the next, like people to be inducted into that? I think the, there's one really obvious guy for Portland, um, Obviously, Chara. We both know that. Yimmy? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, that's funny you say that because my mom listens to this podcast. And every week she complains to me about how we don't talk enough about Diego Chara. Cause she, so we've like watched Timbers games together since like 2014, 2013. And she's been in love with Diego Chara for like a decade now. To the point where, like, she got to meet him once after a game and was just, like, she was happy for the rest of the month. Like, just pure happiness, so. Well, Mrs. This Ellis, is a- <laughs> this is now the Diego Chara show. <laughs> this is this is our Diego Chara, <laughs> our our moment of glory for him. I actually met him, too, at the when he was getting a citizenship and, like, to That's be right. an American citizen. My mom was at the same time, and... Which is funny because small world, my girlfriend's mom became a citizen that same day as well. Really, yeah, random <laughs> three people. Because I mean, this is a thing that happens daily, like up there, um, when you become a citizen for the United States. And yeah, it was weird. I was just we were there, and you know, there's this little ceremony thing, and then they say like Diego, and then middle name Chara. I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, guys, same name as Chara, and then you see like five photographers yell oh he's just running a little late and i was like wait a minute and then he shows up and there was like people like doing timbers army chants like for chara (laughs) like in the background and then i got to meet the guy afterwards and he was he's like the nicest guy ever that's really cool but also i think it's funny to think about all the other people who are getting their citizenship that day and like it's a really like special like moment for them and then meanwhile you just have like photographers and like timbers fans there (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> just funny to think about but any, okay so other than answer your <laughs> other than diego chara who would be another player i would also say timber joey will make it into that ring of honor when he retires one day um i think the next logical choice to me would either be i think i think it'd be sebastian blanco really 
taken us to two finals where he carried us in a lot of those playoff games. Um, but more than anything, he's like the real leader of the club now, especially that Valeri's gone. I think that guy's carried us. That's true. It's And it's almost like hard to think that. Be, I think it's tough to think about that because this past like year or two, you know, being injured is like really slowed him down and he seems to take away from the team with like his salary more than anything. But I think what he's given to the club, yeah, I think he would definitely deserve to be up there. Do you have a player in mind? Oh, you already know. <laughs> Dyron Aspria, I think should have a shout at it. I, I was going to – so, for me, I saw a Timbers, like, all-time player tier list. Let me know. And I, I agreed with it for the most part. So, it was, like, top five. So, one and one and two were, like, neck and neck. So, one was Chara, just based on longevity, and he's been around for every MLS era for us. It was one or two was Valeri. So, pe- he had them interchangeable. He had Chara one and then Valeri two. And those are the obvious ones, right? And then like a second place tie or a, a third place tie, I guess, was between Blanco and Nagby. Mm. It was kind of like neck and neck. And then a little bit lower than that was like Fernando Adi and like Liam Ridgewell. Um, and then five was like this doesn't add up. But like the next spot was um, Aspria. I think purely off longevity, the guy's been at the club for almost 10 years now. Which is nuts. (laughs) A lot of ups and downs. Definitely a big game player, though. I was going to say, big moments. He has had some extremely memorable moments for the Timbers. And a guy that you've never really seen like cause any issues in the locker room. He's kind of always just known his part, even when he's not getting playtime. Um, I think there was like that period where we looked at like loaning him out for a little bit or we did loan him out. He played for T2 for a while. So just a guy that kind of has bought into the club and has played his part really well. But with that being said, Fernando Adi's tough to look past, um, even though he left the Timbers. And then Liam Ridgewell didn't really have the longevity, but I think he has a good shout at it as well. Yeah, I was going to say Ridgewell would be a next and, and Adi, I think, of the next two logical ones. Adi, I think, scored like 60 goals almost for Portland. Tough to beat that. Won a cup with him. Ridgewell, won a, he captained us when we won the cup. Um, got us to another one. And then now on the coaching staff is pretty cool. Shows how much he's a servant of the club. Have him step into Gio's spot after we fire Gio. Dude, you know what? I This occurred to me just in the middle of when I was at the Timbers game watching the team warm up. And and seeing Ridgewell on the on the field coaching, Liam Liam Ridgewell was like our Roy Kent from Ted Lasso, <laughs> this random British dude who like is really loud and he's like our because he was our captain in Portland. He joins like he wasn't really like a club legend here at first, and then he joins our team like he's like this real leader in the locker room and on the pitch, and then he like retires commentates for a little bit and then joins the coaching staff because he can't get away from us. That's like oddly similar. Actually, that's really the only difference I would say is that like Liam Ridgewell is genuine, like generally a pretty nice guy. 
It's like <laughs> that <laughs> that is a small difference, yeah. He's like pretty nice and like a like he always kind of seemed like the type of guy that like like kind of goof around in training like all the videos I'd see like pretty like silly dude overall, but that's like a career path wise and all that stuff is like kind of lines up well. <laughs> I remember you're going to appreciate this a lot. I remember seeing an April's Fools Day Timbers video they posted and it was Liam Ridgewell. He like hired some guy to like pretend to tow away Jack Barmby, another former <laughs> Timbers player who was also English, to, like tow away his like nice car. So he had his car like up on the the tow truck and he was like driving it away. And they're in training and like they're like, Oh, hey, look at your car and like Barmby just sprints out there and he's like pissed at the tow truck driver. I remember and, that video actually. <laughs> <laughs> streets won't forget that video for <laughs> That would be a good topic. That this was a long lap rabbit trail from the Timbers game, but yeah. <laughs> comparing Ted Lasso characters with MLS MLS players, that would be a good one. But we should get back to what we're talking about. Timbers today. with a big win. Diego Valeri's a legend. I also we didn't even talk about the game at all. We just went <laughs> straight into Valeri. It was a nice. It was like one of those classic games where I tell Chase this, but. Just the weather hit perfectly. It was like an end-to-end game. Like there was like a lot of like passion in the game, and the crowd was really into it. Which I'll be completely honest, and I've told Chase and our friends this: like Timber's crowds don't seem as intense and loud and passionate as they used to be. I don't know if it's just the chance getting stale or just the longevity of the team at this point, the FO stuff, the team not doing great, but the crowd was like the best I've seen in years at Portland for this game. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, Timbers, Timbers crowd has definitely died off over the past decade or so, but still one of the best atmospheres in the league without a doubt. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on to another team in Cascadia. Seattle hosted FC Dallas and another match prediction game for us. I said Seattle's winning 1-0. Chase said 1-1 draw. Chase was spot on. It ended up 1-1. Um, this was not much of a game to talk about. Seattle, their only goal they scored was an own goal where their <laughs> Dallas's defender just rifled it in his own net. Um, but Seattle had a lot of chances, a lot of good opportunities there was a late chance in this game where Nico Ladero should have scored, but Dallas had a clutch block. Um, Dallas had a good um, headed goal as well, but Dallas needed that result. I feel like they had some. They just lost to Colorado last week. <laughs> I feel like that's any sign your team needs a bounce back. So I was gonna say Dallas started off so hot this year, and a lot of people were you know setting them up to be this big contender for a top spot in the the west and now they are in eighth place i think in hindsight dumbly i think i put them as second or third in my predictions for the end of the season um i don't even remember my predictions at all we should do a midweek checkup next week now that it's the league's cup break and see how see our, where we're sitting at um last game of the weekend vancouver whitecaps so said the la galaxy Vancouver with a big 4-2 to two win over the Galaxy. Ryan Gold with a brace. Cordova with a nice goal. Um, Vancouver shutting up the Galaxy a little bit. 
You'll love to see it. I mean, I'm not a Vancouver fan by any means, but even though they're like a Timbers rival, I kind of find myself like oddly rooting for them as like an underdog a lot in their games. Me and my my brother just said the same thing. Like, and I agree. We were talking about our favorite non-Timbers teams, and I think we both said RSL and Vancouver are two teams we both root for. Like I said, like you said, doesn't really make sense because they're a rival, but it's not like Seattle where they have this big success. <laughs> Vancouver just sucked so many years, and it, 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 I feel so terrible for their fans because I like their brand. I love their colors, their their identity, their stadium is. It's a weird one, but it's kind of cool. It has its own charm. The city's amazing. But, man, they get, like, a Canadian championship once every five years, and that's (laughs) the best thing that happens to them. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, like a lot of other teams we talk about, an MLS team that deserves more, like a fan base, a location that all just adds up. It should be great. And then it just doesn't seem to work out for whatever reason. But going back to this game, it should be noted, I mean, Vancouver was already up 2-0, but Chris Mavinga got a red card in the 21st minute, so that kind of just piles on to the misery for Galaxy. Kind of impressive that they were even able to pull it back and, you know, get two goals back in the second half. Chris Mavinga just reminds me of, he's just Mabiala's brother to me. He just, <laughs> imagine those two guys uh, slow playing together. Over the hill. <laughs> I love Mabiala. He's been a loyal servant to Portland, who you can tell loves to be there and great locker room guy, but man. Ring of honor. Every time. He's been there now like seven years. This is his seventh season in Portland. (laughs) I like how we're already going back to the Timbers after we just brush over Seattle and Vancouver's games real quick. (laughs) We go right back to talking about Timbers. You already know who this is for. You know who listens to this. True. True. Um, Keegan Hughes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um anyway that, that was it that's all the games that wraps it up so this week we wanted to do something a little different we wanted to introduce the wag question hour <laughs> first remember the all-star game oh yeah topic? i guess we should talk about the all-star game first that, that'll be real a quick, quick. One. And then we'll get on to the wag question hour. Me and you will really get into the weeds in this one. So for the for the question hour. So All Star Game is upon us this year. DC or Arsenal is coming to DC <laughs> to play the MLS All Stars. Um but it just got announced that Columbus, Ohio, lower dot com field, that new stadium is hosting the twenty twenty four MLS All Star game. So naturally, there's two questions. One, where would you like the All-Star game to be the next year? Where do you think would be a cool place? And two, who should play in the MLS All-Star game next year versus the All-Stars? Um, How about we'll each do a pick for each one? Okay, for, so I would say the year after next. So it would be 2025. I would say either St. Louis or Miami. Those are those are my two spots. I think St. Louis makes the most sense because they have a really nice stadium, good fan base. But I think Miami just for the messy factor. They're gonna have Messi there still. Um I think both of those would be great. I'm gonna take I think you'll be right, actually. I think 
St. Louis will probably be one of these because it seems like the last five or so years they've been in like the newer stadiums, which is that's fine. Um, I <laughs> I really want to see this game. There's some markets that have not hosted one that really confuse me because it feels like they'd be prime spots. Seattle at this point, boo. <laughs> I agree. How have they not hosted an All Star game? Like it's you know they love they love the game. They it's a big stadium, but it works great for soccer. Um, another one I think would be really awesome would be Montreal, just because it's such a different atmosphere and culture there. I was just about to say, has any Canadian team like hosted the All Star game before? I. Not, not that I can remember. I, I don't think so. I, part of me wants to say Toronto did, but I don't think they have. I don't think so either. Um, and then Vancouver, we were just talking about, I think would be a prime city. But out of those three, I would love to see it in Montreal. I think that would be a really cool place to do it. Um, yeah. So you asked, who do I think should be on the team next year, right? Um, no, like, uh, well, who do you think should be playing the MLS All-Stars? Oh, who should be playing against the All-Stars? You you had a really good shout before we started this with the, we did the Saudi all, you know, Saudi All-Stars with all the players they're picking up over there. That'd be a really interesting game to see. It'd be a, f- you would get a lot of people watching that. And I mean, they're, every team's owned by the same guy anyways, so it's, <laughs> it's not like it'd be hard to get them all together in one group. But yeah, that would be really interesting because you'd have like guys like Benzema, Ronaldo, Angolo Conte. You know the guy that says he's the goat but isn't. Um, but you'd have all you know a lot of really good players that are leaving Europe right now, like Hakim Ziyech, like a lot of guys like that. So that would be interesting. Other than that, we've talked about it before, but I think they should just redo the MLS All Star format, do either East versus West. Or, um, you know, do like a domestic players like North American versus like rest of the world all-stars within the league. I think that would be fun to watch. What about you? You have a team in mind? You already know. You already hate it because we've talked about it. I already know what you're going to (laughs) say. Dang it. MLS all-stars versus U.S. men's national team. I hate that so much. I love it. That's such a weird idea. It It doesn't make sense to me. It's existed once before. In real and time. It's, I think it should never exist again. <laughs> yeah, Can you imagine the amount of memes we would get from the rest of the world? Like, oh, like our retirement Mickey Mouse League is playing against our like terrible like international team. Like, I'm I don't think that yeah either but, of those things are true. But that's what it, you'll see from the rest of the world. The only people commenting that would be the people who live here and just say they're a Chelsea fan and they <laughs> don't even care about anything. Freaking Americans. I don't know, man. I just think it's there's so much opportunity for other things. I think there's a lot of other like there's so many unique ways you could do it. I think it would be fun to do like an MLS Next Pro All-Star game as well where you combine those teams and do East versus West. Um, I mean, you see right now the MLS Next Pro Invitational that's going on. Yeah, like Real Monarchs are playing against Hoffenheim, and uh, what was the other team? I think Crystal <laughs> Crystal Palace is here playing against uh, it was... Colorado Rapids too. <laughs> it's a real honor for Hoffenheim <laughs> to be playing a big team like Colorado too. So, 
it's like a little tournament they're doing so i mean there's definitely a draw there i think that would be unique seeing like the future of our league play against some european team is more exciting than seeing like what we have currently (laughs) play against tottenham or arsenal or you know i mean see i love i love doing something different and it's funny we didn't want to talk about this so we wouldn't rant but we're gonna anyway i my view on it is this so obviously we're huge fans of mls of the sport you know but people say this thing is a lot of people just want to scrap the whole thing and say it's hard to take the league seriously when they do stuff like this i'm in the opposite boat i think at the end of the day this is just a sport where a bunch of grown men are kicking a ball while we clap for them in a stadium i want to see something weird i want to see something fun want to see something different i'm glad they did the liga mx all-star thing like for the two years i think that was perfect for where we're at now but it's time to move on and honestly arsenal even though they're a great team kind of underwhelms me at this point well i just i feel like that's why i'm so set on keeping it within the league or if you're gonna do another league like liga mx you do an all-star team because when you pick just one team or if you were to do like the national team, most you're mostly just gonna get like European like the European players for the national team who are all like in the middle of their off season and they're not gonna take it very serious at all. There's not gonna be any real intensity to the game. And it's the same thing when you see like an Arsenal come. It's gonna be like their B team and they're not gonna take it serious. So it's that's why I was saying, you know, if you did a MLS next pro versus Arsenal, Arsenal's B team versus like our up and coming talent, I think is a lot more exciting to watch versus like Arsenal's B team playing against all our best players in a really weird unbalanced formation. That doesn't make sense, but I don't know. I could rant about this all day long. There's so many things about this all-star game that just frustrate me that you I don't, think could be improved. You don't want to scrap it just cause it's a dumb American thing. Stupid Mickey mouse league. Anyways, are we ready to move on now? I guess. So now we are going to move on to what I had mentioned before. We have the WAG question hour. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the WAG or a WAG or whatever it is, it's like a like a weird British term for some of those blokes over there when they're talking about um, soccer players. They you know it's an acronym for wives and girlfriends. Um, so Jacob and I, Jacob's wife and my girlfriend, uh, compiled some questions for us to answer. Uh, we only briefly looked over these, but you know, I think they're not as in depth to soccer as, as, as we are for sure. I mean, my girlfriend played soccer. I don't think your wife played at all. Right. No, wasn't really interested until you got her into soccer. So kind of some i was interested to see what they would have to ask us as you know newer fans or less educated fans of the league (laughs) you're just a typical american fan anyways i could start us off i got a question right here and i think i asked you this beforehand a little bit but the first question that my girlfriend had was how does a club qualify to be an expansion team (laughs) And MLS. You have to be Don Garber's best friend, spin around three times with one leg <laughs> tied behind your back, um, make up three new MLS 
salary terms like gam or tam or wham um so we <laughs> in all seriousness it's very vague what they come up with because a lot of these rules have been like worded like you said it seems like specifically to be like interchangeable they i found it's really hard to find like what the requirements are because it seems to change every time they establish a new team but the the rules you know the consensus that i i came across was that you need to have owners that are committed to mls and are in a financial place where they can purchase you know a spot in the league and then they can also you know sustain a team um they need to have a stadium or approved plans for a stadium um whether that is you know it's preferably soccer specific but they need to have a place to play that i forget what it is but it's supposed to hold a certain amount of fans i think that's a way i want to touch on that one because i know for a fact beginning of the last the 2010s decade the rule was you needed a soccer specific stadium and i remember the last team that didn't happen for slash change for whatever was new york city fc because that was a a city-owned group, the Yankees baseball team was in on it, and they thought it was just going to be such a hit of a brand that it didn't matter. And I remember so many fans being ticked off on that because in the 90s, early 2000s, you know, most of those teams didn't have a soccer-specific stadium, and they were playing these big, cavernous NFL stadiums, and it just wasn't, like, long-term sufficeable. But now it's like kind of reversing where it's like now we're seeing these bigger crowds and like they're having to up the size of these stadiums and you can play in big stadiums. Yeah. Um, third requirement, the size of the market. Um, so that I think is probably the biggest requirement, I would say. They definitely want to go into a city that has a market big enough for it. Um, hence why you don't see a team in Montana. Juneau, Juneau Alaska. <laughs> The Juno slush puppies or whatever you call them. <laughs> That's right. Bring them to the league. <laughs> see, this is why pro relics should exist. Friggin' Americans. <laughs> Did you see the news? USL is introducing pro uh, promotion relegation across their three leagues. I did see that. Dude, <laughs> it, wait, wait, we'll let, talk about yeah, this. Yeah, let me let me finish. Let me finish going across. <laughs> this is this. gonna be such a rabbit hole of a. It's <laughs> gonna be the this worst. Is the first one so far. <laughs> This is going to be the worst podcast. We've gone on so many just weird offshoots. Anyways, last requirement is you need to have an established local fan base, which seems to be the least important because you've had New York City FC be made completely out of nowhere. And then you've seen also LAFC be made completely out of nowhere and just kind of force themselves into the market. So those are the four requirements. Um but like Jacob said, you kind of just have to be really lucky and almost just, I mean, it seems like a shady, it seems kind of like a shady way to get into the league right now, but that's that's the business, baby. So I'm going to have a timer for us for 20 seconds on each one of these. Oh, so, man, so this we is can, rough. So we can burn through them and not <laughs> talk about Chris Pontius's favorite boot to use in a game. You um, already know those were Predators. So, my wife's first question, number one, what is soccer? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Freaking American. <laughs> um, who is your favorite player and why? With, I'm Within she, MLS, I'm guessing. She didn't say that, but 
for for this podcast, let's say yes. This is really tough. How about non-Timbers? With a 20-second... Oh, favorite player that's non-Timbers within MLS, I'm going to say Landon Donovan. And it's not even for his MLS performances. It's strictly because of, like, 2010 World Cup, and watching him play is, like, what made me interested in soccer. You know, I would say same. He's probably my favorite player of all time, but because of the national team, the U.S. soccer team, not because of MLS. I'm going to say Thierry Henry because... That was when I was first getting into the league when he was in the Red Bulls. And I was in for the Timbers, but just seeing how elite that guy was in all these games and just seeing how classy he was, even though he was towards the end of his career, and then I would research him and just watch his his glory days at Arsenal and Barcelona. He was my favorite player of all time. Pretty much every social media or gamer tag or something i have has the number 14 in it because of him respect respect all right moving on next question i got here is if you could live or relive a moment in mls what would it be Ooh, i'll let you go first i have mine already locked in the chamber i want to say the mls cup in 2015 but i'm gonna say instead 2018 playoffs second leg of the when it was two-legged aggregate series in Seattle and Portland wins and penalty kicks up there. Best game I've ever been to is a 3-2 game. Penalty kicks. Portland wins in Seattle. Their fans are just unbelievably pissed off at us. It was a great day. That was the game when Timbers players like forgot how aggregate score worked and they were celebrating, not realizing they had to go to like penalties. <laughs> Freaking American players don't know the rules. <laughs> My favorite moment was in the 2015 Cup run. It was oh. the one-game knockout, the first round of playoffs in Portland. It was the SKC penalty shootout game. I was there for it live, and that was... I would I would probably say that was like the height of like my support for Timbers like that was like when I was most passionate and it was arguably I think one of the best games I've ever watched whether it was in person or not it was end to end um I mean it was finished 1-1 went to extra time Christian you remember 2-2 two, two. it was no it finished it was uh oh yeah you're right cuz Christian Namath you remember that guy dude that was a, he cooked us at he cooked, in Portland he cooked like, Alvis Powell repeatedly you know that's a great shout because everybody always remembers just the penalty kicks which was craziest penalty kick shootout you'll ever see but the whole game was nuts it was end to end and then like in the 118th or 19th minute Maxi Rudy it was you remember who assisted him was it Espria it was Dyrone Espria who you know kind of wins the ball on the side and then whips it across the face of goal, and then Maxi Rudy at the back post finishes it, sends the the crowd into just utter chaos. I remember during that game, there was a guy from the Timbers Army. We sat like way off, like almost by the away fans, was where our tickets were at. That guy came across the stadium just shouting at people to stand up and cheer for the team. And he just like just stood like walking up and down the stairs yelling at people if they weren't standing up. That's Honestly, when you become a fan of a team, you live for 
games and moments like that. that without a doubt that's why i will never want the league to get rid of playoffs because you wouldn't have stuff like that if it wasn't for that's true nobody is going to be turning up for u.s open cup like that <laughs> see us squeak out a game against pittsburgh riverhounds <laughs> el paso locomotive yeah you know i want to an honorable mention we gotta we gotta mention the felipe mora game tying goal for the MLS Cup at home. That was an insane insane goal. I've heard so many stories about that goal and it ended in that whole game was just tragic cuz I was just telling Emma actually too it kills me that Diego Valeri's last contribution was a missed penalty kick in the championship. But I've heard so many stories about the people, the crowd, the reactions from that goal and just from all over watch parties, wherever it was like the loudest they've ever heard, like a crowd. I was watching that game at a bar in Silverton and I just remember it. Yeah. It was like, there's people there who weren't even soccer fans. I was actually watching it with producer Isaac and uh, our other friend. And yeah, we got up and like, we're screaming when that goal went in. I heard a story about it, it being on in a prison. So like a lot of people can like watch games from certain wings and pretty common like they watch sports a lot and like i heard that that was the loudest that that place had ever been for any moment was like when morris scored that goal and i'm sure a lot of those people weren't even soccer fans it was just like a collective moment of unity which that's really cool like you said those are those are the moments you live for you know as a a fan of a club or even just a fan of the game in general because i think even looking back and probably because New York City fans, you know, they they won the game ultimately. But I think they still will say that was like an amazing like goal and an amazing moment in the league. When Timbers just played in New York, the coach for New York was talking about, I think he was an assistant at the time, how, yeah, same thing. That was like the the best crowd atmosphere he's ever been out. And it was not even close. Just how much it lifted up that whole group. And now we're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> Anyways, what's your next question? Um, that was a long 20 seconds. <laughs> Why do the kids walk out on the field with the players like before the national anthem like when they're walking out? That was what my wife, she's asked me this a million times, and I never have a great answer. You know, I don't know the origin behind it other than the fact that I think it's just like a community outreach thing. Um, I'm sure there probably is some sort of story behind it and some sort of origin, but I think it's more so just a community outreach because it's different kids every single game. Um, and I mean, you got to think for the kids, it's like a lifetime memory, you know, like I've had like family friends who had their kids do it and they still like, you know, they'll talk about it years and years down the road. I mean, the, the boys team, I got a coach, they didn't get to walk out with the players, but they got to be outside the tunnel and high five them all when they came out for warmups. And that's still to this like day is just a memory that they hold forever. So I think. Yeah, I think it's just something that clubs do, you know, just as a community outreach, something to give back in like a very minor, easy way. That sounds right to me. All right, let me pull up my next question here. This one could be a quick one. If you were to be a professional player in MLS, what position would you play and why? I'd love to say I'm the next Alan Gordon just banging in late winners but i 
I'd love to be just a, a bombing up and down the pitch fullback, just on the side, whipping in crosses. Respect. Ha- having a target forward like Yaroslav. Just kidding. <laughs> having some forward like who would just be like a big unit, like a Kai Komara, just some guy you whip in a lofted ball and you just know he's going to dunk on somebody. It would be pretty fun. True. I, I would say I'm torn between – like a like an attacking t- like a attacking mid like a ten or a defensive mid. Um, Man wants all the headlines. With well, the I was gonna say I, I'd say in MLS especially those are the two most important positions that'll make or break a team. And you saw it like case in point with Timbers for however long we were kind of mediocre everywhere else and we were just held together by Diego Valeri and Diego Chara. Like if you look across the team like across the league, any team that is really good you have like a really solid attacking mid or really solid defensive mid and then the really great teams have both so that's i would say i'd want to choose one of those two spots and the really bad teams have none yeah exactly (laughs) um next for me so emma was asking what is the first mls team in existence and i know this one but i don't know if you know this one First MLS team in so existence. Ten, ten were there was an original ten teams in the league the first season, but the first team to officially like be announced slash have an identity and join the league was a specific one. That's tough because I know like New York Cosmos have been around forever and they kind of like morphed into New York Red Bulls and then they're also is like a New York Cosmos, so it's not going to be them. I don't think. Oh man. I want to say it's got to be either them or uh, Galaxy. I don't think it would be like a middle of the country team. Am I am I close, or is it a middle of the country team? Eastern Conference team, and they were part of the original ten. Yep, first one announced. Hmm. Is it? It's not DC, is it? Nope. Really. They also had the first soccer-specific stadium in the league. Oh. Wasn't wasn't Columbus the first one? Columbus was technically the first MLS franchise. Really? I didn't know they were part of the original. Which seems like an odd place to start. I I guess they are, yeah. That's weird to think about. For some reason, I always thought they came into the league later. I think it's because... They started off pretty decent, but then they had that mid- those middling years when they almost moved, where fan support was down. They're in a, at that point, kind of washed stadium. True. Before the rebrand and. True. Anyway, interesting. All right, moving on. I have we've kind of already talked about this before, but what club do you see joining MLS next? The Juno Slush Puppies <laughs> from Alaska. Um, I think we both have already voiced this in a previous episode, but we can go over it again briefly. Yeah, I think two right off the bat, I think that we've mentioned is Vegas and Phoenix. I'm going to go with a different one, though, a different market that I don't think we talked about. New Mexico United in USL has a really strong fan base. I think the largest crowd now in USL, and it's been going on for a few years, and they're a state slash city that doesn't have a pro sports team and i think it would be a really interesting one kind of in the deserty terrain with no other pro sports teams around them i feel like they could really have a 
a community rally behind them, and I think it would be interesting. You had to bring up New Mexico, huh? Team that knocked me out of the <laughs> the Open Cup and our FM save. Yeah, it's tough to look past Las Vegas or Phoenix, you know, as the next ones, and we've already discussed this. I think New Mexico is a really, um, really good shout. Um, but then when you kind of look across like USL, because that's kind of the pool that you're looking at when you're thinking about another team to come in, um, it's hard because all the really big teams that you would want to bring in, there's already teams in that area. Like you look at like a San Antonio, there's already three Texan teams. You look at Tampa Bay Rowdies and there's already, you know, two teams in that area. That's why I tried to go for a Sacramento. There's already three soon to be four Californian teams. So it's just tough to, I mean, Pittsburgh, there's already two like Ohio teams. Do you need another one? Or isn't Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania? I'm so freaking stupid. You're right. <laughs> Pittsburgh Riverhounds. I don't know um, why I got them like mixed I, up. I think they're in Ohio too. So that's weird. You thought that like, I always get that confused. You know, another underrated market I feel like would be in Wisconsin. They've got two major cities, Milwaukee and Madison. Forward Madison has that weird, like, pink flamingo oh, yeah. scheme, color scheme. But the way they rally, I mean, this is a different sport, but the way they rally about the Green Bay Packers, like one of the best supported NFL teams in, like, this random market, and then the Milwaukee Bucks basketball team, they have great like fan i mean what else are you gonna do up there that's true there isn't there isn't much else you know it is a good shout that we didn't even discuss we talked about hawaii or alaska last time how about sevilla fc of puerto rico puerto rican team would be which is literally just like sevilla in spain but they have a branch <laughs> in puerto rico I remember in USL or NASL, I think the Puerto Rico, it was, they were called the Puerto Rico Islanders, and they were in the American Soccer League at that point. You jokingly said Montana, but I think a, a pro sports team, just a big stadium in the middle of some like city. The Billings Ballers. Something like that I feel like would get a lot of people turning up, honestly. Maybe. I mean, they don't really have much else like really up there in it's... Montana. I mean, sports-wise, at least. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my uncle lives up there, but I don't know. Let's, let's move on from that. We've di- we've discussed that before. I think there's plenty of teams that deserve it. None greater than the Juno Slush Puppies. Dude, how about the Hawaii Tsunamis? That's solid. Respect to you. Anyways, you got another one for me? Oh, that's, that's me, I, got, I guess. I got one more left after this. So how about the Dayton Dutch Lions? <laughs> that is the most obscure one I've seen before. Um MLS what was the highest scoring MLS game? Of all time, I can't think of off the top of my head. I have a guess, but I'll go how about one that you've either attended or that you can like vividly remember watching? The one I can remember that was the highest scoring um was Timbers beating Minnesota in the season opener in Minnesota's inauguration year. So it was like their first game. They played in Portland, and we beat them. I think it was 4-0. But uh, higher scoring than that would be the Timbers versus Seattle 4-4 tie. Uh, 
high in Portland. Were you at that one? I was, and it broke my heart to see Dempsey just come on the field and claw his way back into that game. He just knew it was going to happen. That was on Diego Char's birthday, too. Terrible. And he scored two bangers from outside the box and both, you know, both halves. So he scored in both goals, but would have been really fitting if our D mid got a uh, hat trick, our first ever club hat trick. And only. (laughs) It kind of like brings me back, but with uh, the Timbers game over the weekend, I saw like somebody comment. because they subbed Aspria out. He was on two goals, and they subbed him out in, like, the 62nd minute. And somebody commented and was like, it was like subbing out a guy who's on a hat trick in the 62nd minute is, like, the most Timbers thing ever. Like, a guy who's just clearly, like, performing really well on the day. Like, oh, let's just sub him out. Yeah, that is some pretty pretty intense Timbers lore. For me, I don't know. I've been to a lot of, like, 3-2 games. The one I was just at was 3-2 yesterday. So that probably for me, I think the highest, I want to say the highest scoring one was like six to four or something like that. I'm trying to find it, see if I can find it anywhere, but what's the, what's one that you remember in person? In person. Um, oh man. Oh, you were close. Actually, I just found it. Was it six, five? It was seven, four LA galaxy versus Colorado Rapids in 1998. Colorado dumped on seven on the Galaxy? No. <laughs> galaxy put seven down on Colorado. Of course Colorado. Colorado would have the losing end of the, the score line on whatever that was. Um that I can remember. Um That's a tricky one. I've been to a lot of stinker games in my times, but I think it would be tied for that game. I, that, I mean it was five goals yesterday in that Columbus game. If you want to be really tricky about it, that Timbers game I watched against Seattle in the playoffs was five goals and some penalties. So probably that. We're gonna count those. <laughs> kind of interesting looking at this because like biggest winning margin was LA Galaxy versus the Dallas Burn, and they won eight one in nineteen ninety eight as well. A month after they <laughs> they beat Colorado Rapids seven four. Must have been a nuts team. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, yeah. Kind of, kind of interesting to look at that. You got your last one. I got one last question for you, and we discussed this last week, so we can go over it real quick as well. What city do you feel does not deserve <laughs> an MLS team? I'm not gonna say Colorado again. Um, I believe I said Minnesota. That one kind of confused me, to be honest. Get them out of the league. <laughs> they don't deserve it. Um. Honestly, I love everything about this team. I said the All-Star game should be there. Part of me is kind of confused why Montreal has a team. Seems like <laughs> such a random market when there's so many like bigger, I guess, US cities, but I I'm completely glad I wouldn't swap them out. No, I want them there. Just kind of confusing. I that brings up an interesting point of I love the fact that we have Canadian teams in the league, but also should we force them out so that they have to invest more in Canadian soccer and try and build up their league? Canadian Premier League, that new one that just three years old maybe, maybe four. It's I don't know how it is now, but the first couple of years they had decent momentum and it was an exciting thing. I mean, it's been stable. Because, yeah, they've always kind of coattailed off of MLS 
I mean, even when before this, they had teams like Ottawa playing in NASL, and mm-hmm. it was just always split. Yeah, I, I think other than that, um, who's your who's your pick? If I'm being real honest, I would say either New York City FC or LAFC. I think one of those teams, if not both of them, just should be taken out of the league. I think they're like a cancer to the league. Big money, plastic fans who just give up on their local team because they want to see a team that spends more money and have more success rather than like an organic growth, which New York is kind of already cursed because their other team is part of Red Bull football group. So the both the New York options. Right? Yeah. Both New York options kind of suck. But I, I think, you know, the, those teams that just buy their way into the league without a fan base already established, just, I don't, I don't like it at all. With that being said, I mean, there's still great players at those teams that I can yeah. appreciate. And and it's like looking back now, you're glad. I am at least glad they're there because they've both added a lot in their own ways. Yeah. Except yeah. for in 2020. If anything, I would rather see like the like the owners of that club rather than just like creating a team like that going and in, you know, New York City FC buying New York Cosmos and bringing them into the league or something like that. Or I was going to say New York City FC 100% should have been the Cosmos. Or LAFC owners if they would have went and bought Sacramento or like a club like that and brought them into the league. I know it's not quite the same market as LA Galaxy or LA, but that's what really the miniature grinds my gears <laughs> today. Anyways, you got one more for me? Or? I, I got one more. And why do stadiums have turf or like as opposed to real grass and like why do some why is it not the same or like one standard i think that has to do with the lack of regulations from mls because when you look across europe they'll have regulations on that um mostly mostly in in top leagues you will mostly but with that being said also there's a really diverse climate in the u.s so it's not realistic to expect every team to be able to do grass and then I only know about this because I'm a Timbers fan, but Timbers, for them to be able to do grass, not only is it difficult to maintain in Oregon, but they also are in a historic location that has, I think it's like... It's like a little creek or river. Or there's like flows. a... There's a really... Right almost like in the center of the field underneath, they have a... I think it's like a 10-foot wide diameter like brick pipe. And it's like a really small portion of it that's left. But I think they would have to like do this huge infrastructure like rebuild to be able to like tear that out of there and then put in grass. So that's why you kind of aren't able to do it everywhere. Not, I mean, obviously it's different for every stadium. Some people it's not viable due to, I mean, if you were to go to Alaska, probably be a lot harder to maintain a, a grass field out there. Yeah. Um, Another thing that doesn't really get brought up is the yeah the weather impacts on when people look at it and just say well every team should have grass well doesn't really factor in and it's not all of it but and you just look at the financial like I mean it's it takes a lot more money to upkeep grass and I know they've like in the past five years or so they've you know invented these fields that are partial turf partial grass and may you know they take less maintenance and whatnot but. Um. Yeah, it's just I mean, especially when we look at the Canadian teams like a Toronto or Montreal. I mean, I think some of them have grass, but if you were to go to like a 
you know, say you added another team and they didn't have as much money. It's a lot harder to maintain that or even looking in the future at like a Phoenix or uh, um, New Mexico down there. It's just, it's going to be so diverse across the league, but I don't know. I, that is at least my take on it as to why it's not everywhere the same. It's unique to America. The turf grass thing. No, but I think freaking Americans just appreciate turf more than grass for whatever reason. So that's going to wrap up the WAG questionnaire. <laughs> I think that wraps up the episode. Well, we have some predictions, I guess, so we got to go over. This has been a long episode. we got some like. banger games to talk about. We do. We do. So we'll do this real quick. Let me dive into them. Start with the first one here. MLS All-Stars versus Arsenal. See, Arsenal just dropped their roster. No, I didn't. Well, I did, but I didn't see who was on it. I think the big names that stand out is obviously uh, Urian Timber just signed for uh, Arsenal, so he'll probably see some game time. Declan Rice also just signed. He's on the roster. And then probably the biggest superstar that's going to be there, Florian Balogun. I saw that one. That's exciting for American fans. Was Havertz not on it? Uh, Yeah, Kai Havertz is there as well. Cool. Um, Either way, I'm excited to see Haney Mukhtar put Declan Rice in a blender. That's why I'm going MLS All-Stars 2-1 over Arsenal. Sorry, the Arsenal. I'm going the inverse. I'm going to go Arsenal 2-1 because there is no defensive present on presence on this uh, MLS team whatsoever. I think the only defensive midfielder is Jose Martinez, and that guy just wants to run up and shoot from 40 yards away. <laughs> Sounds like our friend Ben in pro clubs, dude. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we did barely even mention this, but League's Cup is starting, which is a month-long... We could talk about this next week. <laughs> I'm just going to briefly explain it. It's a month-long tournament where the, the MLS League play is is paused and we're just playing Liga MX teams in like a tournament based style. So we're going to predict one of those because it'll be the debut of Lionel Messi. Cruz Azul, Liga MX team versus Inter Miami. What do you have? I'm going Miami one. No, I think the Messi effect, I think the whole team is just going to be so fired up that they, they're going to win that they get to play with Deandre Yadlin week in week out. I'm going 2-0 Miami. Same reason as you. Last game, New York Red Bulls in League's Cup hosting New England Revolution. I'm going 2-0 with the Revs. I'm going 1-1. I think this is going to be... I think it's going to be more of a break for both of these teams. I don't think New England is going to prioritize this. I don't think I don't see Bruce Arena. He never does. I don't see Bruce <laughs> Arena prioritize it. He's oh, he's going to come out in like the press and just talk about how this is like a joke basically unless his team wins it. Like you already know that's the Bruce Arena way. So I don't see his team prioritizing this at all. I think he'll almost just use it as a break to rest guys, get them ready for the second half of the season. Um, and New York, I don't think even with that being the mindset of New England, I don't think New York is good enough to pull a win out. But that is our predictions for the week. And that has been week 22 of the MLS Netboys podcast. Ooh. Or should I say the Diego Chara? <laughs> the Net Diego Boys. Chara <laughs> Netboys MLS show podcast.
that's it. I don't have anything else to say to you. You have one more thing to say. Keegan Hughes, come on the show.